Western Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God. This is Not Church with John and Nat Turney. All right, everybody, and welcome back to This Is Not Church podcast. Uh, I am John Turney, and I'm here with my brother, Nat. Say hello, Nat. Sup. Sup. That's what I get. Sup. Sup. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do right. what you asked me to do. I'm not going to do the whole, <laughs> hi, Nat thing. I'm going to go, yo, yo, what up, G? well we are honored uh privileged blessed to have with us today our good friend john lynch uh i'm gonna read you his bio and then we're gonna then then i'm gonna i'm gonna read you or then i'm gonna tell you his tell you my bio because uh, we've been doing this with a few of our friends so uh john lynch is a speaker author and former pastor after 27 years at the teaching as the teaching pastor at open door fellowship in phoenix arizona John joined True Face in 1997 and began speaking nationally and both authoring and co-authoring many resources such as The Cure, which is awesome, uh, and True Face, and his own story, On My Worst Day, which has been just recently reissued. Uh, John and his wife, Stacy, have three grown children and are growing a troop of grandchildren. So that's the bio that I found on John's website. Now I'm going to give you my personal bio because Nat and I have done this with a few people and, and they deserve it and you absolutely deserve it. Um, I found, <laughs> I found John Lynch completely and utterly on accident. Um, I was going through a reconnecting with my faith. Um, I'm, I'm an, a diehard audible person. I, I, I love audiobooks. I have a 35 to 40 minute commute both ways to work. It's a perfect time to listen to just whatever. So I started grabbing audiobooks of different people of the faith. So I think I started with like Near Christianity with C.S. Lewis. And I, I, I can't, honestly, I can't even tell you some of the books I was reading. I was just grabbing whatever I could find. And Audible does this thing. It's like, well, we see what you like. I, we think you will like this. Wow. And this wow. book kept popping up and kept popping up. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what this is. I'm not going to grab this book. And I finally was like, you know what? I, I needed a new book. I had the credit available. So I hit except for on my worst day. And it absolutely and utterly broke me in the old way that only one other book has ever done that. And that's Ragamuffin Gospel. It's the only wow. book that's ever broke me like that. So from there, I, I connected to everything True Face. I started listening to Open Door Fellowship on online. Yeah. Um, yeah. I reached out to True Face. I reached out to John. John so graciously responded, which I, I you had no reason to. You didn't know who I was. And we started this friendship online that luckily Nat and I were able to uh, bring to fruition by Nat and I had a trip to Las Vegas. And we just decided we're going to get in a car and we're going to drive to Phoenix. Yeah. And you, you graciously accepted our invitation to meet us for lunch. Um, I don't know if you know, that is literally the only reason we, we drove there that day was to meet you for lunch. Oh, yeah. we, we had no plans to go to Phoenix. It wasn't part of our, wasn't part of our itinerary. You said yes. So we jumped in a car, drove, what was it? Five hours to, Something like to that. Phoenix, had lunch with you. I think we hit a coffee shop on the way out and drove back. Uh, to, to, uh, Vegas that same day. And, uh, I have nothing but, um, respect and gratitude for you and everything that you're doing. And, uh, now the end of all that, 
Welcome, John, to the podcast. <laughs> Gee, I need you guys to travel with me when I'm on the road. That's that's good. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff right there. Um, and 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 that restaurant, the Windsor, it it demands a return. We we yeah, must it go. Does. Yeah, uh, you didn't mention the pork witch. I mean, you men- mentioned Brennan Manning, but you didn't mention the pork witch, which is three types of pork all in one sandwich and. Uh, I think, didn't I make you guys get that? I think we oh, all yeah. had it. I think we all I had think, it, yes. We all had it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I carried it with me for, for quite some time. Yeah. Before we jump into this in earnest, too, let me give you, I, I, I'm not sure if you know this, um, and I think it. I think we all deserve some attaboys and some um, reminders that what we do doesn't go out into the world void. I didn't know who you were either, John. I was giving John my list of people. I, I'm like, hey, you need to check this guy, check this guy. And, and John is rapid firing me stuff about you. And he was so excited when you when you responded. Hmm. I'm going to cry because it makes me sad. <laughs> makes me sad. Makes me happy. It, it's so beautiful because John's in this really tender place. And I was concerned that he, you know, that, that this return to faith would be shortchanged and maybe short-circuited by people who aren't kind. And... um you were so kind and so helpful. And I don't know why I'm tearing up, John. I apologize, man. <laughs> I am, but it was so, it was so refreshing, is so refreshing that we made plans to go see you, obviously. And um, anyway, John, John, John just thinks the world of you. I think the world of you. Well, it's a sacred place. Mm. And I think I got to pick up on that, that, wait, don't screw with this guy. He, he <laughs> is, he's asking and he, and he has a heart tender like my heart. And, and I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'll spend all day. I will, I will shut out anything else when someone like that comes along. And John, you did. You, you approached me in that way that I could see your heart. And I went, wait, this, this, he's, he's me with longer hair. Um, <laughs> so, so, exactly. Yeah. It just, uh, it was a, John, it has been, a gift from me for, for to have both of you uh, care for me and value me, and so I, I mean that deeply. Well, I, you know, I can I can say that uh, this journey back into a, a faith of some sort um, has been rocky, has been um, hard, has been painful, has been there's been a lot of hurt involved in it, and people like you um, have given me hope. That we can ask hard questions That's without right. being um, demonized, without being considered a heretic, someone who's left the faith, someone who's well, you got to be careful. You're walking that slippery slope. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I dealt with that in my earlier life, right? When I and, and when I left the church the first time, and you know, we we talk about now, and I talk about deconstruction quite a bit on here, and uh, I comment a lot that. I didn't even know what that word was. There was no word for deconstruction back in the in the in the mid to late eighties. That wasn't a, that wasn't a term. The term that was thrown out at me or people like me was uh, you've walked away from God, you've left the faith, you're on a slippery slope, all that kind of stuff. You know, it wasn't until in the last couple of years where I'm like, oh no, I've I've been deconstructing my faith for thirty plus years. But um, the cool thing about and I, I really want to get into your book because, like, like I said, you you kind of reissued it. You've added some stories to it, 
and um, kind of updated it, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, yeah. And there are just some, uh, oh my goodness. I mean, we could, we could spend an episode on each of your stories easily and just delve into those stories. That's so kind. But um, I mean, going back to the original, when you first wrote the book, I mean, what was what was the what was the uh, decision behind it? I mean, was it just was it a book you needed to get out, or was it? Um, yeah. Or did you feel it was it was just time um, for that type of book? Well, the, thanks, John. That, how great uh, setup for that. At the time I wrote it, the, the three of us had been writing together. I don't know if you remember all yeah. every book we put out was Bill, Bruce, and John. Uh, Bill Thrall, right. my who's Yoda, he's my hero, he's big brother <laughs> in the faith, and Bruce McNichol, who is this logistic, logic, are we hitting this in a unique way? Is someone else saying this better? Is this not need to be? So all three of because our huge conviction was living out of community, that that was possible, that, they, that we didn't have to go uh, solo on this thing, that there could be people who could protect us, stand with us, believe in us, love us, and that we would be stronger uh, communicating that way. And so that, that was the risk. I mean, think of that, the, the cure or Bose Cafe, how we did that. I mean, I, I wrote the words and I created the characters, but a lot of the wisdom and insight was, was from Bill and Bruce. And how do you do that? How do you do that together? Anyway, I didn't think we had written anything, though, Anybody saying, what happens when this doesn't work? What happens when it doesn't feel right? What happens when it doesn't make sense? What happens when the answers that I thought I knew aren't working? And also, within a short amount of time of me trusting Jesus back in 79, I, I write about it in there. I stepped into moralism uh, because I, there was somewhere in there where I went, why am I not feeling him? What what am I doing wrong? And so I I I started performing for him, and I thought, shoot, I've screwed it up again. Like I screw up everything else. I, I've I've ruined this. And so I started performing for him. And so I wanted to come back, knowing what I know of Jesus now and how he sees me. When he says the only place he describes himself, he says, "I'm humble." and I'm meek, and I'm kind. And I thought, how does he see me? What what are his words towards me? And I wanted to get that out all the way from, like, even before I knew him when I was just a child. What would he say to me when I threw those arrows down the manhole? You know, what? what how, how does he come to me? And Knowing how I know him now, I wanted to place that in all my stories and have this running dialogue with the Jesus that I now know. And so that was huge to me uh, in writing the book. Uh, I also wanted uh, for people to not see him as uh, uptight or strange or weird or uh, uh, unkind. I wanted them to see that he is playful and he wastes time and he is a delight, and he would be the one that you would want most around the fire pit on a night when you're sharing bourbon with your buddies. And so I wanted to get that. I also wanted to capture the idea 
of redemption. That these stories, you know, like the boxcar story where I got violated in fifth grade, what is that about? How does that get redeemed? How did, so, so in this version, I get the privilege of what just happened a little over a year ago of that story all the way back from 1965, getting redeemed in my life. And so I also wanted there to be something you, John, and I don't think this is true about you, Nat, but a lot of men don't know how to talk about stuff. Like in my family, we just didn't know how to talk about hurt or pain or loss. We just covered it up. And so I wanted, I wanted to be the first one through the wall to say, Hey, I'm a mess. I'm a, freak, <laughs> right. I'm a freaking mess. And I still am. And what if that's still true? And so I wanted to have a book that men could read together, maybe in a small group or such and be able to say, Hey, wait, that guy's a little more kooky than I am, but, but <laughs> I, I relate to that story. So th- those are some of the reasons that I wanted to write on my worst day. Mm. It's, it's so, it so reminds me of, of the gift that was Brandon Manning. Yeah. Um, and you remind me of him in a lot of ways. I, I think, I feel like you write similarly. You're both remarkable storytellers, but that willingness to be raw. Yes. Yes. And to be, listen, I, I can't tell this story unless I tell it honestly. Yes. Um, and that means owning all of my stuff and owning all of my shortcomings and not trying to paper over the things that I wish the world didn't see. Um, one of the things that John and I talked about a great deal in the aftermath of reading your book and, you know, so I, I was in the midst of my own little, the first little inklings of deconstruction when I was really just drinking from the grace fire hose, you know, so coming out of legalism, coming out of fundamentalism, coming into this understanding, kind of Luther talks about, you know, drinking (laughs) just like, what what does Brendan Manning say about Luther? He uncorked a, you know, a cask of century old, you know, grace undistilled, right? You drink it straight, no ginger ale. So that was, that was me doing that. And so John's getting that sort of stream from you. Um, but then we all, I, I don't know that we ever articulated this, but there was this sense that we had to be honest and the masks, whatever they were, had to come off. That's right. And we would never heal the things that had hurt us unless we faced them and we were honest about them. And that included our part in that. So, um, the, but do you, do you see some parallels between you and a guy like Brennan or well, would you aspire I mean, to be, you know, yeah, in I that mean, same that's, sentence? That's the, like, I, he's my hero. Brennan yeah, is, is the man because, and he, he was, thank you, he was so dang articulate. And mm. yet, I mean, the story that he, that he tells where he went to help this guy in an AA program, went to be there and stand with him. And two months later, the same guy um, is down in uh, the French Quarter down in New Orleans. And and Brennan calls out his name and he's on the ground with a brown bag and a bottle. And he says, Hey, Jerry, can you help me? I mean, it's Brennan in real time. Who's written books by this time is a big deal. And he's down on the ground drunk. He's, he's, and, and, um, 
he was real time. It was like, my faith is real time. I need Jesus like every single second. I need him because I fail. And the truth is, he wasn't a freak of nature. Everyone's that way. Yeah. Everyone's that way. Just some of us, like a Brennan, can tell the truth about it. He, yeah. I don't know, is it in Ruthless Trust where he talks about going to uh, his 50th year class reunion? Yeah, I think so. Wa- and what he wanted to say to that class reunion was, here, I'm going to talk vulnerably about myself, and I'm doing it so you'll even like me more. I'll talk about my failures, and I'll do it so you like me more. I go, gosh, Brennan, stop it, man. Just He... he he was no one like him. I, I, um, I just loved him, and I got to hang out with him a few times. And uh, one night, I regret that I didn't hang out with him. I was just this kid, Larry Crab and Brennan, and myself and uh, uh, Bruce McNichol, I think, and some other guy were at a table, and I was just trying to be that dutiful guy at, at the table with the speakers and Brennan said, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's go get some ice. <laughs> and and, and I, I, just, I want to do so bad, but I just thought I can't. I'm right here next to Larry Crabb and Bruce and the guy who organized the event. And so I said, I'll, I'll talk to you later. And he goes, yeah, okay. Well, that was during that period of time where he was getting black blackout drunk. And he was just saying, hey, I need to, I didn't know that. And I went up to his room afterwards, and he answered the door, and he was just gone. And I just regretted that I didn't just spend that evening with him and protect him. I just didn't know. Yeah. But uh, his writings, Ruthless Trust, Ragamuffin Gospel was the one used with Ephesians chapter 1. I was preaching through it, and I read Ragamuffin Gospel the same week. Every everything exploded. That that's my I I told my congregation. I said, I don't I don't I, I, I don't know what to do. If you'll go along with me, I think I've stumbled into something that's very authentic. But I don't know what to do next. I I, I felt like the, the the that that the curate's awakening where the vicar says. I guess I'll have to read from people who know what they're talking about because I don't know what I'm talking about right now. And I've been preaching for a number of years, but that's that's what God used Brennan to do to me. Yeah, I, yeah. This it, it was such a sad thing because you know, in, in some people's minds, um, his foibles and failings and uh, all of those things would disqualify him to be any kind of messenger for God. In fact, I've put things on Facebook before and said, Hey, Brennan Manning, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten ugly vitriolic, you know, ah, well, that guy was a, a drunk of this and of that. And he's I'm like, oh, oh, if you only knew, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you only knew. Yeah. Yeah. He was all those things. You're absolutely right. And he was, um, but there, he tapped into something that for some reason he could articulate better for others than he could experience for himself. And I don't know. I'm not, I don't know why that is, I, he's I, whole say, and he's, I, I, I want to tell you that that's the same thing is true with me. Yeah. And I wrote about it in there it is, is one of the chapters. What, why, if this guy's such a big deal speaker and all whatever his deal is, he still struggles with insecurity. Why hasn't he gotten over yeah. that? What's his pro? And I feel very much like Brennan in a lot of those ways. And 
that's why he was, and that's why I want to keep getting it out. I just want to constantly get it out or I'll, I'll become a phone. I'll hide. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll pretend so that I can still be respected and have a seat at the table and all those things. So, um, John, when you came along and you honored that, I went, okay, then you're stuck with it. Because there are a lot, of, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people who just, yeah, that's nice for the screwed up Christians, but we're up here, and all that is is Gnosticism. Mm. That's just a lie. There aren't. Oh yeah, I, I've been here long enough now to know that there aren't any of these people. There's just us, Christ in us, but righteous, godly. Truly, not 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 forensically or judicially, but actually, but we're just still immature. We're still yeah, still working it out. And oh, if Stacy was here, she'd go. Just give me a moment, will you? Let me just tell you a few yeah. about the boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the gift of wives. <laughs> yeah, Brennan is one of the most uh, beautiful people I ever met. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I could I could just pick apart this book and we could talk about all the different stories in there. There are so many stories that just speak volumes, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm racking I'm trying to go through my brain so I don't I, I don't want to miss any of them that I, I just I found so so compelling. I mean, the story of you going and buying the cheesecake um, <laughs> is another one. I mean, it's just like like who who hasn't done that? Who hasn't who no. hasn't gone and taken something that my was, Indian head right, collection yeah, yeah. folded out and and got five bucks worth so I could have that dang cheesecake? I mean, that was how. As I have Jesus saying later in the book, he says, "With that collection today, I could buy everyone in Upland, California, cheesecake for the rest of their lives, every day." Um, right. But at the time. I was that obsessed and needed that that particular cheesecake at the Upland Bakery that much. And it even brought up that bigger question. Why don't the, those things pay off? Why don't they? Right. And, and so that was another one of those journeys that I wanted to take us on of I finally got everything I wanted instead of that little sliver of cheesecake that they give you with the tweezers at the magic lamp. <laughs> And I finally got all the cheesecake I could have, and it yeah, and it was uh, disappointing. I finished about half of it and threw the rest in the dumpster. You know, uh, so but doesn't that, that doesn't that like connect with uh, a lot of the things that we desire? Um, uh, either we want some kind of outcome. Uh, I you know I kind of lean it towards you know you know. Wanting vengeance, or wanting uh, wanting our comeuppance, or wanting our you know I need my give me my whatever, and then we finally get to the point where we either get that um, we get the vengeance against someone who has wronged us, uh, we get what we feel is ours and what's what's coming to us, and then at the end of it, we're like it's it's there's no satisfaction in it. There's there's yeah. no you lose the flavor. The flavor's gone. There's no and, pale. And, and you yeah. think there will be, and it's just like picking cigarette butts off the street. It just, it just doesn't work. I mean, you're saying it really, really well, but it takes a while to believe that, doesn't it? 
Mm, it, yes. it, it takes a while to believe that, that Christ brings satisfaction. Um, I, way back in Ecclesiastes, I think Solomon said, it's God alone who brings joy, who makes things have joy. And without it, I'm, I'm just, yeah, it, it's, cheesecake still tastes good without him. If I'm angry at God and I've distanced myself, cheesecake's still going to taste good. But there's something in my life that never pays off. It never quite yeah. hits the three sevens on the on the line in Vegas. It doesn't. It just doesn't do it. So I want I I all of us, even though we have Christ in us and we're fused with Him, and the most real me doesn't want to get away with anything, and the most real me wants to love others. Even that guy is still looking for that satisfaction um, without having to have to go through Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that. I hate what I just said, but it's true. Yeah. I just, as you guys were talking about um, wanting vengeance and, you know, not, it, it just, it rem- my, my brain works in movie quotes and movie lines. And so I was thinking of the princess bride when at the end of the story yeah. and Diego Montoya finally gets his, gets yeah. his revenge. He's yeah. like, okay, now what? You yeah. know, I've been, right. I've been, in, I've been in the revenge business for so long. I don't know what's next. Where am I now? Yeah, what, yeah. And there's no satisfaction. He's just got the thing he wanted his entire life. He finally, it finally has it. And there's this sense of, okay, well now what? Yeah. And so much of what we yeah. chase in life, you know, so, and I think it's weird because it takes on a particularly insidious tenor, I think, for, 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 for those of us who want to be in ministry, that we chase that thing and we chase that thing. I know that I did. I wanted to be in ministry. I wanted to be, I just wanted to be paid to be in church. You know, I didn't want to make a lot of money. I wasn't after being, I wasn't after wealth, but I wanted to be able to do that full time, that, have that be my job. I thought, what, what could be better? than just hanging around and doing God's work all day. Wouldn't that be great? And um, I chased it and I chased it. And when I finally got it, it sucked every little bit of life out of me and, and made me rethink everything, you know, but I wasn't seeking any satisfaction in Christ. It was all in, you know, a position or, or a livelihood, you know? So like you said, it was, I was seeking, I wanted to serve God. I just didn't really want him involved in the process. <laughs> Is that so wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I go back to when the Beatles, when I was growing up, the Beatles was a big thing. And I got a Beatles wig and tennis racket and I would sing into the speakers eight days a week. And I, I mean, I could see all my teachers out in the audience saying, he's incredible. Why? We just didn't see it. He was, <laughs> we didn't respect him the way we should have. Uh, all that thing of wanting to be great then just got transferred to me as a believer. Yeah. So now, now I want to be like the greatest communicator of these truths ever, ever. I mean, not, not third place, but ever. And so everything that you're doing then is a disappointment letting you down. And as C as Stacy says, I'm a C minus Christian celebrity. I'm <laughs> like the carrot, the carrot top of Christianity communication. And, um, but but think about that. Think about that, that. And I read people who I really respect talk candidly about getting to that place. 
and it not being the thing. Even though yeah, I love, yeah. I love, I think I would be great being famous because I love it. I everywhere I go, uh, if I'm with someone, I'll say to a crowd, I love being in a crowd, and I'll say, "Please, I've asked you no pictures when I'm with my family. Please." And I, <laughs> <laughs> who's better than me as a celebrity? I should just be a celebrity. But it 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 none of it it's like vapor it's like solomon says it's just like vapid it doesn't go anywhere this the only thing it goes anywhere is you adore me you adore me and you're crazy about me and you can't love me any more than you love me and you can't love me any less no matter what i do and you enjoy every single moment with me that's even even the, the, the Abbott brothers have that song, um, No Hard Feelings. You know yeah. that song? And, and I was listening to it one day, and, and I just went, that's right. It's never done us any good. It's never helped us. It's never blessed us. It's never paid off. I don't want to have, because it won't satisfy me, to have anything against anyone anymore. It, it, because when it, when I finally do get retribution, it doesn't work. It, it, it's like oh, you right. said, it's like, what do I do with my life now? So it's, right. it's to be able to say, God, God, God said he, he, he protects the humble and he has to sit on his hands with the proud. And the, the, the proud say, I will take this and I will take justice in my own hands. If you're not going to handle it the way I want you to, God, then I'll take it into my own hands. And God says, kid, kid, when you try to do that, you get sick. You'll get sick. And so I have to let him be judge and jury. When I try to be judge and jury, it's like these, these hooks get into me that I, that make me sick. And they make me a weak and shadow figure. So to be able to say, God, here, I don't want to do this. I really want vengeance on my own. But I'm here. You're the only one who can do this without getting sick. So you be judge and jury and just protect me. Because I've only got this one life. Take care of me, will you? Because I'm not... I'm. And the thing is, you try to take that back six minutes after you make that statement. Oh, yeah. Sure, definitely, yeah. But, but he, you just stay in the arena and say, okay, God, I still believe that. I'm still asking for that. And he goes, I got you. I got you. It's a so much more of a beautiful way to live, but you're exactly right, John. All the way back from Cheesecake, in all those areas, it's the same thing. I think I can make my life work if I just had this yeah yeah, yeah. i uh, uh it, it works uh, within prayer i think too because um when i was at that point with wanting that i, I needed them corrected i needed i needed that fixed for me uh my prayers were something like this god fix them change their heart do what you need to do in their lives to make them a better person, to make it so I can tolerate being around them. <laughs> and then at some point, right, that flips 
And it's, uh, God, just, just change my heart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why am I so Cause we get connected tired. with? Yeah. yeah. You just and get tired like, of doing that, of wanting, carrying all that list of people around. You just get weary. And at, at some point you get to say the common denominator in this equation, uh, appears to be me. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well said. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's just this, this change in you, right? There you're like, okay, change me. Correct. Not correct me, but just give me, give me eyes to see. Give me a heart. Give me the ears to hear their pain. And, and um, the beauty is he's not, when you give him that permission, he doesn't go, all right, you miserable vermin. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Thank you Here for coming. Or I have loathed you and detest. We're all angry at you. And finally, you've given me a little room. You're going to pay now. He, he's so gentle. It's it's like he brings it one at a time. He doesn't overwhelm me with it. He, he just says, "Okay, kid, let let's let's look at this with my arm around you together." Uh, I'm I, I'm not over there on the other side of your stuff. I'm I'm not. Uh, it, there's our, your stuff is not between us. It, we're we're going to be over here looking at it together. And I got all the time in the world. And by the way, you are right on time. You you didn't have to get here one moment sooner. It's in every area. All the deconstruction talk that we are talking about. You didn't have to get here one moment earlier. I, I knew that you'd be right here. I knew it, kid. And I'm so proud of you. And that's our God. Yeah. And then doesn't that then allow us to open up our hearts and see, um, there's, you got a couple stories I can think of right off the top of my head that kind of fit in with this. The story where you went on like a missions trip. And then the story of you in Greece with the, with the Jewish couple. Two, I think, just absolute amazing stories that show us the the change in us that allows us to see Christ yeah. in these people who, prior to that, we wouldn't see Christ in them, right? We we would try to um, evangelize them. We would try to uh, convert them. That's and right. uh, what amazing stories those are to show the change in our heart and our ability to see Christ in people, even though they aren't quote-unquote Christians or quote-unquote followers of Christ. Well, it, it happened to me just the other day. I was down in Mexico uh, with John Boring. He's an 89-year-old ex-Marine. So it just these, for whatever reason, these four guys, we traveled together. We've done this our second or third trip. And we went down to Mexico, down at Puerto Penasco, and, and we were just in the pool, and my friend was explaining who I was. You know, he's a writer, he's thing. And I hung out, and the guy was just a trip. He just, uh, he made the guys in ZZ Top look like they were groomed. He just, <laughs> he was just a stud. He was just a biker guy. And we just hung out. I can't even remember what it was. We were, we were talking about everything. And at the end of it, at the end of it, he said, hey, can I tell you something? Thanks for not doing that thing that you people do. Thanks for not doing the, uh, making sure I hear the message. I already know the message. And thank you for not doing that and just enjoying me. And I went, 
I don't know what you could tell me that would honor me more. Thank you, man. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful to get to be with real human beings. On a, we all need Jesus. On a level playing field, nobody invited me in. So we're going to hang out and have a beverage and talk about whatever we want to talk about. And I don't want to have to be that guy who goes, and here's the punchline. Here's where now religious man gives the answers. Because um, not everybody is in a place where they're asking. And, uh, and it, it is, uh, anyways, that's, that, that's my view on it. And those, those, the Jewish couples in, in uh, Santorini, they remember they did the same thing. They said, we, we know, by the way, we know the gospel. We know he's, by the way, he's, he's our guy, right? He's Jesus. He's like our dude. And he says, and we know all the stuff. Just thank you for respecting us enough to not just throw that all over us. And God, we have a beautiful time with them. A beautiful time. Yeah, it reminds me, though, you know, that in my younger evangelical days, that was the that was the strategy that we were taught was relational evangelism. But it was always relationship with a hook. Yeah, it was always, you know, it was like, hey, befriend somebody. And and then, you know, then, and then you then, and then you bait and switch, you know, and I did that, but you you we oh, I, I did it, too. Yeah, but we all know when someone's doing that. We can feel. Oh, in, instinctively, we know when people are full of crap. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't we? I'm like, I, I, can, I, just go, I can just tell you, you're just working a series of questions to tell me some Amway at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's like walking into a car dealership and having the guy just beeline towards you. He doesn't want to be your friend, man. Right. He wants yeah. to sell you a Hyundai. And he'll be your friend if that's what it takes. And so there was a point at which, you know, and I, and I think we all get there at some point where we realize, well, that's that's actually dishonest. It's disingenuous. It's harmful to the cause of Christ. Yeah. When 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 perhaps we should just befriend people because um, that's what Jesus said we should do. Well, you know, and, and and he'd be okay with that. A real big God yeah. says, "I'll be just okay with that." And yeah, you know. How to talk to this? I, I, by the way, I happen to care about this person much more than you do. Um, Absolutely. And, and so, just will you just the, the the rap on us is one word that we are hypocrites. Yeah. And, and, right. and so people want Jesus. I, I, the, the concept of Jesus is is not a hard sell. He's but. These weird, funky people who represent them. <laughs> you know, yeah. the I got a problem too. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was it? You know, what is it that Gandhi has famously has famously said or had famously said was that I like your Jesus, not so much your Christians. Your yeah. your Christians are so very unlike your Jesus. He's the but same. Also, guy. He's the same guy. Who said, you guys, you Christians, you always walk around looking like you have a headache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't sincerely expect us to espouse your faith. Yeah, because you, you look, look like miserable. <laughs> yeah, I don't. When I, but I heard recently that he read um, the Sermon on the Mount like daily. Like he was fascinated by Jesus. Like the concept was was and so. I, all of that was just to say you're right. Um, in all of my years of 
of talking to people about Jesus. I never get any pushback on Jesus. That's like right. Ever. That's right. I mean, oh yeah, Jesus, great. Christians, not so much. Church, yeah, not right. so much. Um, all of the trappings and the institutions and all the rules and regulations and all the other. Uh, and I think they could even abide the rules and regulations if they if they were even followed by the people who ascribe to them. But they, but but they're not. And yeah, so that hypocrisy we, thing comes they in. We were authentic. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them a hearing. But but as long as there's there, they can tell that we're just trying to sell soap. Um, they they're onto us. They're just onto us. So it's it's a great thing to believe in a God who's big enough to let people know who he is without us manipulating them. That's a, that's a, that's a huge freedom, isn't it? It's a, oh, it's enormous. It's yeah. It takes a lot of the pressure off, doesn't it, John? Yeah. yeah really. I, mean, I spent 30 years outside of the faith um, and the word hypocrite was probably my mantra for the Christian faith period. Uh, fairly or unfairly, I, you know, I would probably say now unfairly to put a blanket statement on that, like that onto every Christian. But I was no. so fed up and so over with the whole faith and all the stuff that had happened to me in the first 18, 19 years of my life that when I left, I didn't, I didn't look back. I didn't care one bit to even, you know, so then I, you know, I get married, I have kids and I, I tell my children, you know, God is a crutch. Uh, his followers are hypocrites. Whatever you do, don't follow into don't fall into that. Um, you 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 don't need it. You it's never going to help you. If anything, it's just going to hurt you. Uh, they're going to create a scenario scenario after scenario that you can never live up to, and it's just going to destroy your your identity. It's going to destroy your 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 self worth. You know. And so then I, you know, as I stepped back into a faith of some sort, I had to kind of eat my own words, right? And um, my family is not religious. Um, they don't, they don't, they don't follow the same God that I follow. Um, and I had to come to grips with being okay with that. How were you, how were um, you in that in that season? How 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 were you guys relationally? Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, is it, John? Is it? It, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, Nat and I someday, and we, and we both kind of teased uh, that Nat and I will tell this story someday on this podcast. Um, there's, there was a level of hurt that kind of came with um, me leaving the church. Uh, thankfully, it didn't last long, um, but it was there. Um, the scars are there. Um, they are very well healed and um, not very noticeable. Um, but out of it came a, a true and stronger, I, I think, friendship. Um, yeah. I know, I know I without see, a. I see in you guys an authentic, honest, where you'll push back, where you'll play with each other, and nothing, nothing's at risk. Yeah, no, no it's it, it. It was tenuous. Then I'll, I'll go ahead and tell part of it if you don't mind, John. We got time. Um, John and I, John and I grew up in 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 church and played in bands and um, so and we you know we were going to be in a Christian rock band, man. That's what yeah. we were doing. So we were, we were gonna be famous. We were going to be famous. Um, hint: we were never going to be famous. But that's okay. Um, it actually just adds. It just makes the story that much sadder. Yeah. Um, 
but so there's me and there's my brother and there's our, our friend, our drummer, and we had a guitar player and, um, we had finally scraped together enough money to, uh, to, to go into a little studio and record a, a demo. And so we decided that's what we were going to do. Hold right? on. Wait, wait. Um, do you remember the name of the studio? I do. It was the Vinyl Taco. Yeah. The Vinyl Taco. So we scraped together enough money to go to the Vinyl Taco, which is just a weird... Anyway, and and I'm I'm giving you the abbreviated story. I hope it doesn't drag too long, but um, John, I'm dating my... A series of music or just one song? Yeah. We're going to record like five songs, right, John? Yeah. Like whatever, our our little debut EP. I still have it. I I do too. It's terrible. But... um, but in an, in it, John's in the middle of his of his I'm done with church phase while we're in this Christian rock band. Um, our guitar player, by the way, is also in the middle of his I'm done with church phase, and that's a whole different ugly story. But um, so John starts dating who would become his wife, uh, and I'm dating the woman that I will marry. My drummer's dating the woman that he's going to marry, but John's john's fiance girlfriend and you weren't engaged at the time yeah i i honestly you knew you were going to marry her though um she's an atheist yeah and we are beside ourselves unhappy that john's dating an atheist she's going to drag him down the rabbit hole and so we did the most christian thing that you can imagine and would not allow her into the recording studio because (laughs) well played good guys you know because we had to, we had to draw a line in the sand, John. Yeah. We were well, making a stand. And light, um, same, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm like, you know, my my wife, my girlfriend, and my drummer's girlfriend, they're going to be in the room praying. And I'm like, what a load of crap! It, it was. I can't even hardly say that loud because it sounds so yeah. absurd yeah. even now. But um, and that 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 wrecked everything. Yeah. I and mean, we got through the recording session. We got through the you know we, we but that band dissolved very quickly. John and I almost. Um, didn't recover. I had enough. I had enough smarts. Um, at eighteen or whatever the heck I was, to grovel on my hands and knees to John's now wife and beg for her forgiveness because huh. that was crap. Huh. And I was I was mortified and I was ashamed and I was so mad that I had done that. Um, and and she graciously accepted though i don't know that she ever fully did <laughs> she might still be mad at me um i think we're pretty close now but um but you know what it got to a place where that that's 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 what defined our relationship for about 20 something years is what we were fine as long as we didn't talk about the god stuff and so we didn't talk about the god stuff i like john well enough i love john well enough to know that you know what it it didn't need to be me that ever pushed that thing again because i had i had done my bit of damage there um, well, well, so, and I don't know if that's, if that jives with how you recall, it's been a lot of years since we've even talked about it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a painful time. Uh, I was already struggling with where I fit within, like Nat says, I was in a Christian rock band while losing everything about my faith. Um, I was trying to hold on to this. You know, we, we thought we were going to move to the big city, you know, start touring, and I was, I, at that, at that moment, I was willing to play the game yeah. if it meant I was going to be famous. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would, I would, I would ride that wave in, into stardom. And then maybe later I would, I would abandon that, but I would already be famous. And then I could, I could use that as a launch pad as my own stuff. But in the middle of that, 
you know, I met my wife who was and still is an atheist. We joke about it sometimes as, uh, uh Ricky Gervais is, is and always will be my second favorite atheist. And I told that to my children once and they're like, how can she, he's only your second? Who's your first? I was like, your mom. She's always going to be my favorite atheist. There's, there's, there's never any doubt in my mind who my favorite atheist is always going to be. And to say, you know, and if she listens to this, that this, I'll, I'll give her a fair warning. To say that this has been easy on her would be an absolute lie. Yeah. To say that I haven't been, and I'm going to use, this is where we get the E on our, on our podcast. To say that I haven't been an asshole sometimes to her out of some, some sense of love or some distorted view of love, uh, would be, would be a lie. Uh, it's only been in the last, I, I, I can't even, it's been a very short time where I have been able to say, no, I want to listen to your story. I want to hear your story. No longer do I want to see my story through your eyes or your story through my eyes. I want to hear your story from your heart. And I, I want to love this real person who really is, not the person. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a pretty good place. When I say um, the moment we put any kind of flawed, clumsy hope in Jesus, we are rewired to come to that place that you're at with your yeah. wife. To, yeah. with, I want to love you because I want to love you, not not because I want to reposition you or fix you or make you come into my world, and 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 that. That frees everybody to come into each other's world. Right. Uh, but but she was on to you all those years. Of, oh yeah. Yeah. You're just you're just working me. Yeah. Yeah. And the sad part is, um, and I think you can relate to this, is you build up a trust between you and someone you love. And that that building of trust is takes a while. But you can knock it all down to the base in about 10 seconds with the wrong with the wrong word the wrong heart and then you have to rebuild and the rebuilding now takes longer than the original trust built and uh i would say that my wife and i are in a very good place right now and i'm loving where our journey is going right now but it's been a lot of me having to go geez i was that yeah no wonder you didn't like that guy who, yeah. who would like that guy? Yeah. I don't like, looking back, I hate that guy. Um, and, and it wasn't like I was vicious, but you know, I was, I was always playing that game of like, yeah, but I mean, if you really, if, I mean, have you really, have you really thought about God? Have you really thought about the Jesus that I'm talking to you about? And I got, I'm finally to the point where I'm like, that's, that's not even the point. And you're the point saying is, in, in, in that too, the same. You can destroy that trust in a in a millisecond, right? But but the to say to be able to say, I want to earn your trust. I I want to earn your trust. I know I've lost your trust, but I think you're the only one who knows what that looks like. Would you tell me? Yeah, we yeah we tell me how I'm doing. Will you? Because if I if that's what I want to do, I want to have a love influence on you. And if you don't trust me, I don't get to love you, no matter how much love I think I have for you, unless you trust me. So with your kids, with your wife, with your best friends, with your brother, to be able to say, 
as the most humble, good thing I can ask is, will you teach me how to be worthy of your trust? Because I want to love you. And I, I don't want to just love you in uh, affection. I want to love you in being able to meet the needs of your heart. And, and for that to take place, they have to trust you. So where you're at right now, the way you're describing it, you're going to screw it up again, right? Oh, yeah. At some level, you're going to come in with some of those hot words when you're frustrated or hurt or angry or feeling sorry for yourself. But, but I don't know that it knocks it all down to the, the pegs because there is right. something that has been earned that is beautiful that she knows even though you're capable of being a jerk, Right. She knows that this real guy over here exists. So right. I, I, think, I think there's great hope in that for all of us who know how to burn all the ships in the harbor, that right. <laughs> that we haven't lost that, that there's something right. very beautiful that God won't let her throw away just because in the moment you, you're a muttonhead. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, and you have a couple stories. One in the older version, what well, I it's, I believe it's still in the new one, and then a new uh, one in your updated version. The story about your your father, you know, the Mensa, the Mensa atheist, and, yes. and your and your. Uh, I'm not, I there's a couple stories in there where I, I feel I see your heart and I understand your your connection with your father and uh, your ability to love him where he is at. Uh, the story about your uh, I believe it's Caleb, right? Uh, uh, race. Uh, the track race, yeah, and then you get to have that moment between you and your father, uh, yeah. and then the the updated story about you and your daughter is is so moving, and um, it shows me a heart that that even you have come to grips with other things, and, and that you have to work through. And um, Nat and I can relate to this because there's a there's a connection between our father and ours. That is, uh, was strained because of some of our faith differences. And, uh, I just absolutely love that story. And, um, God, you, you, just... know, you know, it's humbling. Uh, my daughter is, uh, she's a diversity pastor at uh, Santa Clara University, a Catholic school, a Jesuit school out in California. And she was brought up in all of this, loves all these truths of identity and grace but has come to believe differently than I do in a number of areas. And, and, and she would be more progressive than I am in, in, in a number of areas. And at first, I, wait, I'm not just your dad, I'm your pastor. How dare you have learned something else somewhere else other than me? I, <laughs> and, yeah. and, I, I, and I made sure that we had that discussion when she was at Azusa Pacific, it broke my heart. And I laid the law down. I don't know why I laid it, but we had a hard talk. And I think I broke some of that trust a lot. Yeah. And she has kindly, wonderfully let me earn that trust back. And then some in these last few years of me learning exactly what you've been talking about, learning to not ask like, Okay, here she comes. I'm going to get to say the one-liner where, boom, I win, and she learns the rightness of her dad. But instead, to listen to her, and what does she love? What does she believe? How does she see? Because this is my daughter. 
this is my daughter. I want to know her. I want to know how she thinks and what hurts her, what scares her, what's beautiful to her, what what she knows that she thinks I don't know that she would like me to learn. And we we had a very, very, uh, three, four months ago out in the back patio, we had a hard talk. The first half of it was we were probably talking at each other. And the last half, we were both listening. and. I know she wants me to protect her and she delights in who I am. And now we call each other just because we're lonely or we're sad and she's the one who can best meet that. And whether Carly ever, uh, I think that I had to come to that place that Carly isn't just going to grow up one day and agree with me when she gets a little bit more mature. (laughs) Right. I may grow up and agree with her as I get a little bit more mature. I mean, I, I can't play this out. I can't be that guy to say she's in a phase. And what that does is it frees up us as human beings to get to love each other and know each other for the sake of love and knowing instead of positioning and moving the other person to, you know, I like me, you like me, why, why can't we both be like me? Yes. Right. Yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah. It's so much simpler that way, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. And people just agree with me. But that's, I was, I had a, you know, I have a son who's headstrong, which I know comes as a great shock. Hmm. But, um, and we don't see oh, things the same the, way. Somewhere in the family line, way back. Somewhere in the fa- on his mother's side, he got this, <laughs> he got this mean streak. Um, he's smart, man. Oh, God, is this kid smart. He's he's 21, um, uh, an engineer, um, lives in the Dallas area with his wife, who's also a, she's an aerospace engineer. So he's, he's married a woman twice as smart as him. Wow. And, uh, but we have gotten to a place where like, we have to be careful what we talk about sometimes because we don't see things eye to eye and he knows how to goad me into a fight. And so, <laughs> and I've, and I've, I have, I've, I've obliged him more than once where we've had hard talks that weren't fruitful and they weren't good. And I've had to go back and apologize. I'm like, you know, just stop picking fights with me and then we'll happen, kid. And he's like, I don't know, almost 50 year old dude, grow up and stop taking the bait. <laughs> um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, so, but by the way, Wayne Jacobson, who we've been talking about, He's written such a good book about that very thing. And, and I just love that you're learning that with your son. Because uh, we are going to, can't help it. If we're, if we're always going around like we're at Thanksgiving dinner and we can't talk about anything but our baseball teams, that's not real life. We're, we're going to inflame each other. He's going to say things that you are going to take the bait on. And you're going to say things that he's going to take the bait on. and. And the ability to go, okay, the first one who sees it first, I think I'm bleeding. I think you're bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Is, is to be able to say, I love you so much, respect you so much. I want to talk about there's something more. There's something m- more beautiful than me being right. It's me doing right right now. And I, I, I this last season, man, when, when politics has gotten mixed up in faith, 
it it gets yeah. funky, it's man. A, it gets it's a funky. it's a potent cocktail, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. And, and not the kind I normally enjoy. Yeah, I'm fine with a good cocktail, but man, this this marriage of politics and faith, it's 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 bad when when you can go back and find quotes from Billy Graham in the '80s warning about this very thing. It's like, listen, this is not a good thing. Empire yeah. and and religion mixing up together. It's like their love child is always violence. Yeah, and yeah. it's just. It's not a good thing. So it's I'm 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 hopeful. Um, it seems like the temperatures come down a little bit, but the the sort of baseline reasons for that have not been recognized and dealt with. So it's just waiting to be flamed back up again. It'll just well, happen again if we don't. It's no governmental system is the Christ system. It never will. No, be. none is. None. It never will be. It just it, it, they always will have um, a self-serving agenda. I don't care who, what side you think you're no, on, or hundred percent political. It always will have a self-agenda that will not be Christ's agenda. So I get to agree that who was it? Diagnostes in the third century, or I don't know, somewhere back there, made the statement: "We are the third way." That's, that's we have to be. We have to go in not through this thing or this thing because they won't they won't fit us well. They'll never fit us well. And I, if you come to my page, even though I have intensely strong political, social, cultural convictions, I rarely let those out. Uh, in large, because I've got bigger fish to fry. I just, the, the moment I take this, I've lost 49% of my audience who I'm wanting to earn trust, to not violate their person and poke at them and goad at them. I want their hearts to be open so that they're, they're in a safe place uh, to live. And, and that's sometimes I, 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 I always have people saying, "John, you've got to speak out on this one." And I go, "Nah, too small, too small thing, man." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I see very, very little um, fruit out of it. You know, it's like you can put all your energy into it, and at the end of the day, like you, I, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I feel like I've alienated people unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, you're right. They're just too small. They're too small of things. Um, there are more universal truths that we can talk about that, you know, regardless of politics. I think one of the, one of the things that struck me um, early on when I read On My Worst Day, and I've, I've read everything else at some point, but On My Worst Day is still the one that sticks with me. Hmm. And this has been a theme that's run through uh, The Shack. It's a theme that runs through uh, Ragamuffin and Brendan Manning's story. But I, I wonder if you would take a second and speak to the the, the power of shame. And the power of of that to to just rip apart our in you know our identities and make us perform and do things that that we yeah. never thought we might do. Thanks, man. I, I well, you, I I give it all the time, and I know you guys give it too. But I just want to make that distinction for anybody who hasn't thought about it. Um, guilt says you've done something wrong, and shame says there is something uniquely irreparably wrong with who you are. And no matter what you do, it will never change. 
no matter how much you learn, it will never change. And if people get close to you, close enough to you, they'll eventually see it and they'll eventually reject you. That's, that's how strong shame is. And I don't know, I don't know that anybody knows if shame, I can't biblically wrap my head around if shame is inherent in the fall of Adam, if, if we genetically code get that, or we experience life events uh, that, that exacerbate that. I think it may be a combination of both. This is why, if, if you read anything that we've ever written, The Cure or, or, or Worst Day, all I want to talk about is risking to dare trust who Jesus says I am. Um, that, that at the cross, Hebrews 12, it, it, it says, I didn't just get the e-ticket to go to heaven. I didn't even just get a new person, God living in me. But what went away was my, my core identity. I had a shame identity. And, and you can, you can just, can't you read it throughout here? I told a story the other day. Guys, listen to, listen to this. Um, I was, I was in college and the Adams who, my, my folks had moved back to Connecticut and the Adams were, like dear family friends. They lived down the street when we were in middle of Phoenix for they moved away. And the Adams, my first Christmas without my parents, they invited me over. And I, I, I'm just a thoughtless college dude. Uh, and I, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll come over. I knew Mrs. Sounds was a good cook. I had no thought of anything like what, what happens on Christmas day? Oh, there's gift giving. You know, I had no, I just thought I'm going to go over and be with the Adams. I come over, we sit down and they're giving gifts to each other. We've had dinner and uh, I just love it. Sitting there watching them give gift to each other. Then one of the family members comes over and lays onto my lap a stack of gifts for me. Mrs. Adams made me two shirts, made, made me two shirts that she knew I would love. Every single member of the family got me something, particularly for me, that says, I know you, I love you, I value you. And here's what shame did. This man, this kid who never had anyone to protect him in that, who always had a dad who I remember at Dodger Stadium said to me, John, never be behind anybody else. Always, if someone does something nice, you get even. In that moment, guys, I said to the Adams, will you guys excuse me? I, I, I just, <laughs> I'm going to go off for a couple of minutes. I've got your, your, your like, like your gifts are right, you know, and I left the house and I panicked. I said, what do I do now? And I was going to go to uh, get a dress for Mrs. Adams and get everybody something, spend all my money and, and get everybody something special. But back in those days, uh, the stores weren't open, only convenience stores. I went into a Circle K and got gifts for all the Adams. I got hairnets for somebody. <laughs> my, best, my best friend, Jim, I got him a can of motor oil. And a, <laughs> I got Lloyd some tobacco. I got Mrs. Adams those crappy, waxy, uh, chocolate-covered cherries. 
And I don't know how, how, where I got wrapping paper, but I, like something, I was able to just wrap them and tape them. And an hour and 20 minutes later, I'm back at their door and I walk in and, hey, everybody, here's Santa. Oh, oh, oh. here you go. Here's for you, Lee. And you enjoy this. And can you imagine what, what, I think that I, I think it through now in terms of my relationship with God and me trying to earn in some way favor with him after he's said, Kid, all I wanted you to do is get this and see the delight. But shame says, I God, I can't be in arrears. That that was me. That was John Lynch, and still can be John Lynch, by the way. But the truth is now, what Jesus did actually literally took away my right to a shame story. Nobody sees it in heaven. It doesn't exist. The most real me is not this man filled with shame. The most real me is Christ in me, fused with me to where I can't tell where he leaves off and I start up. And when I dare to believe it, it starts to tear at shame. It starts to break down shame's power in me. And when I have other people who can affirm in me who they see I am in Jesus, I always we make the statement, what if there was a place so safe that, the, that I could tell the worst about me and I would discover that I would be loved more in the telling of it, not less? That starts to break away at those unresolved issues of shame. And so I'm constantly um, longing for us to stop preaching behavior and moralism and start showing others how to live out of who Christ says we are, that, that I am a brand new creature without condemnation ever, like ever. There's nothing I'm going to do to where Jesus will change his stance of adoring me. He adores me. He can't get enough of me. And when I start to believe that I'm known that way and loved that way, uh, it starts to dissipate the power of shame. And I'm, I'm that cat. I am the mayor of that town of the damage that shame can do. Well, I think it's a, <laughs> it's a universal enough experience but even, you know, while you're talking you there. Wrap, you didn't wrap Christmas presents, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, 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 I didn't. You're right. No, that's the weirdest. Yeah. No, that is the weirdest one. Um, yeah. Although I'd have to rack my brain. But even even early on in the, in the grace movement, you know, when I started to get some of this stuff and um, there was still there was still this. Gosh, I don't even know what you call it, but there was this notion that um, that God loved you enough to to see you through different lenses. It didn't change who you were, but when God looks at you, He puts on His Jesus glasses, and now He sees Jesus and not you. And so, even that was a backhanded like 
yeah, you still suck. Yeah, yeah. But but God he, loves he, you enough to not see you anymore. He wants to backhand you, but there's Jesus. Oh, but, but Jesus steps in the way. But you move yeah. out one inch from that, and I will. And he's going to so jack out. you up. Oh, yes. so, so. yeah. Never. Liked. So it's it's it, it it's refreshing as we begin to talk about these things and we begin to start to take away, you know, so much of the mental gymnastics that we've done to make God like us when we realize that God just likes us. That's right. That's you right. Know, and, and, and even objectively, sometimes we can get to a place where we say, I, I, okay, I get it. God loves me. Uh, I don't think he likes me a whole lot. I'm not sure he's particularly fond of me. And then, you know, somebody like you or someone like Paul Young writes a book where, you know, God says, I'm especially fond of you. And Isn't even in those. It, it, he said, I wanted a Nat. I wanted a John. I wanted a John on this planet at this time for some particular people. And I, I can't wait. I just love him so much. I delight in him. Watch this, you guys. I have specifically and uniquely created this cat. He's, he's going to be funny. Oh, is he funny? Yes, yes, I'm funny. I created him, but he's going to do some stuff. That, <laughs> and, 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 yes, he's a mess. Oh, my gosh, you, you have no idea the trouble he's going to get in. You have no idea what a lot. He's a lot of work. He's a lot of work. But there's nobody on this planet that I love more. And, and uh, I enjoy him. I, I, he's never disgusting to me. He's, he, he never makes me angry at him. Isn't that crazy? How does God have that ability? And to even stand in the middle of all my nightmare that I have created over and over and over again and says, I'll stand here and I'll suffer it to the exact extent that you do. And then turn around and go be at a fourth grader's birthday party and laugh hard at some joke. <laughs> uh, he, he, it, that's why. That's why I've cashed in all my currency. If this guy who shows up in the um, Qumran Dead Sea Scrolls and, and and there's a picture of him all the way back there, I go, my money's on this guy. I, I, nobody's ever loved me like that. Well, how much of your? Uh, I know I've 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 left on this conversation a couple of times because he doesn't have grandkids, yeah. but I do, and you do. <laughs> how how much of how, how much impact or influence did your grandkids have on you? Because you know, they're, they're they're I've got four of them. And they're still young. I was just I was just with them, uh, two all four of them, but but two of them especially, and. Um, Ridge is the toughest of our four. He's, he's all in. He's just so, he's, he's five children all in one. But there's nobody. He, he, I can see it in him. I can see it in him. There's no more loving child that I've ever known. Now that's, that's in the midst of this cat who's all over the table, all over the place. But I can see the very nature of God inside him. And it's blown me away. I, I have to be so wise in how I parent that, not break his spirit, not, not in my wanting to tamp down something that I, I wouldn't rob this incredible boy that Jesus has made. Mm. Yeah, I was just, it brought, it, 
I brought it up because I've got a three-year-old banging on my door right now. <laughs> and uh, and yep. I, it, it yep. occurred to me that if it had been one of my children, I'd have already gotten up out of my chair and told him to get the yeah, yeah. They're and it's him and you bring him in. It's him, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. whatever he wants. Yeah, to, just deal care. with it, man. They they do not care about this at all. They they, no. they do not. They'll <laughs> see me on televised things, and they just go, yeah, no. whatever. Yeah, no. whatever. They uh, are they are thoroughly unimpressed with anything, oh. really. Yeah, that's right. That you know, if they pull my finger, something happens. So okay. now that impresses now them. That man, <laughs> now that man's good. Now that's yeah. a. Now that's a trick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, oh, John, go ahead. You guys, you got something. Top, go ahead. How am I supposed top, to follow top, that? Top that. I don't know. I love to tee you up for something, and then like, oh, yeah, right, no, follow that follow that up. <laughs> this is again. I will come back. I'll, I'll, I'll come back anytime you like, because uh, with the light. It's just going to sound like we're blowing smoke, and I feel like I do this sometimes. But man, you're one of my favorite people in the world. I just, I just, I just love you uh, deeply, and uh, what you've meant for us, and what you mean to the world is 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 irreplaceable. You are who you are, and there's no one else like you. So I, I, I for one, uh, I'll jump at a chance to have a chat with you anytime. Well, so I, well let's appreciate it. I will absolutely do that, and it means the world to me because I. I think for a long time I was a kingdom builder and I didn't know this thing about love. I just didn't know that that was the deal, that we have to live out and model. We just, that's all the, that's all it is. I'm going to give you one thing to do. He says, uh, it's not the 11th commandment. It's a whole new order of commandments. It's not even a commandment really because it's what you really want to do. Just love each other. And Paul comes along and says, Okay, bear one another's burdens. Literally, lift them up and care for people. Who, who, whoever God puts in your path, earn their trust so that you can have the right to bear their burdens. And he says, when you do that, you're actually fulfilling that one thing that he asked you to do back there in John thirteen thirty four. He says, that's it. You can you can mess up everything else. Let your life be about getting to be that and slowly this old man is scratching the surface on that one. It, it, it's okay. It's okay for me to be fully righteous and fully holy and actually, and still be just growing up. I'm, I'm a first generation Christian, man. I, I'm there's, it's all still new to me. It all feels like wet paint still to me. It feels like, how did yeah. I get in here? How did it, how did they let me in here? It just doesn't, still doesn't seem right. So uh, <laughs> I, I think if something that may be one of the things that you enjoy about me is that because that you probably feel that way too after all these years, man. I, it's why you say outside the church, this is new to us. It, real Christian life and finding those who are living that, man, that's everything. That's a delight. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just in wrapping this up, because uh, I, I don't want to take up your whole day. That would be kind of mean of us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we just want to make sure that everyone can connect with you. Um, uh, we know that you got this new venture going on, John yeah. Lynch Speaks. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Uh, it seems like you're out and about quite a bit. Uh, yeah. 
getting to go to places and, and speak these truths to people uh, in a whole new way. And um, it's absolutely, it's amazing. I love, I love doing it, John. I still, at this age, I still love airports. I still, I still wave to people like they're like I'm the congressman from the fifth district. I, 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 I love going places that have not heard these truths. And so John Lynch speaks is that vehicle for me. I, I still speak sometimes for true face, but they're, they're doing more beautiful stuff in curriculum development. And so for me to get to do it, but if you go to John Lynch speaks, you'll also find a ton of videos and a bunch of social bites of just ideas of, of a way of seeing this life in Christ that, that I hope you, you would really enjoy. And, and this thing is out in paperback and it's going to be completely out in audible in a couple of weeks. Very yeah. cool. So make sure and get that by the time this episode releases, it will be oh, oh, fully God. available. Oh, be I'll, done. I'll be you'll be on, a, you'll be on a third edition by then. So that's all right. So that's good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, We'll, we'll make sure to link to everything in our notes uh, so people can find you. Yeah, and again, I you. just I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for yeah. everything that you're doing. Your um, your heart shines through and uh, people who take the time to listen to what you're saying, there's no way they can't see it. Hmm. And yeah. uh, uh, we just we just love you, man. We, we yeah. absolutely love you. Back at you yes, guys. Sir. Thank you so, so much. Of course, of course. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash thisisnotchurch, where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.